I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 578 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I got an awesome guest for you guys today. Frank Bello is the bassist for the legendary band Anthrax, a trash metal band from New York, which has sold over 10 million albums. Frank Bello has got an incredible story that he captures beautifully in his new memoir, Fathers, Brothers, and Sons Surviving Anguish, Abandonment, and Anthrax. It's available now. The link is in today's show notes. Frank's father abandoned his family, leaving him and his siblings to grow up without a father, something I discuss all the time here on the podcast, The Fatherless Crisis. So you know I'm going to dive into that with Frank today. And at the height of Frank's stardom with Anthrax, tragedy struck his family when his brother was brutally murdered. Uh, So we're going to talk about that and, of course, his own fatherhood journey as well. This really is a great interview for you guys today. So happy to have you with me. Frank Bello will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Frank Bello was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch the conversation between myself and the Anthrax bassist, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and if you guys enjoyed today's interview with Frank Bello, you may want to go check out some of the other musician dads that I've had on the podcast here, including Chris Henderson, the guitarist of Three Doors Down. Three of the Backstreet Boys have joined me here, Nick Carter, A.J. McLean, and Brian Luttrell. Nick Carter been here twice. Also, uh, music legend Donny Osmond. There's a lot of other music dads that have stopped by the podcast here over the years, so please go through the archives of the show and check them all out. And many, many music groups are getting back out there on tour this year. This summer is going to be a banger. You're going to have a lot of concerts to choose from. So buy your tickets over on SeatGeek.com. And at the checkout, use the promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS. And you're going to save $20 on your tickets. And you're going to help support the podcast right here. All right, so if you're going to go see a concert, Broadway play, basketball, hockey, baseball game, Go to SeatGeek.com or use that SeatGeek app and at the checkout, use the promo code FIRSTCLASS and save $20 on your tickets. All right, be sure you follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore for all the upcoming guest announcements. If you're enjoying this podcast, please get over to Apple Podcasts and hit me with a rating or review. It would be much appreciated. And as always, guys, please help me spread the word about the podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list and let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Frank Bellow. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now, First Class Father, Frank Bello. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Well, thanks for having me. And I love the title of your show. I love the idea of your show. And I'm obviously a fan of this. So it's all it's all good, man. Uh, I'm proud of you for doing this. Dude. It's, it's a real deal. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. It's an honor to have you on the podcast here. So let's just start it like this. How many kids do you have? How old? I have one 15-year-old going on 31. You know, that, that whole thing. You know how that works. But um, and look, we I started late. And the reason why I have one, I came from a family of five. Uh, so I had my son late because I was on tour all my life. And I didn't want to be away so much and miss his life, really. And I thought that was really important. So my wife and I, we were married nine years, you know, before we even thought about it. And, um, and that was about it was about time. It was 40. God, I said, we better do this thing, you know. And, uh, and so we had one. It was, and to tell you the truth, I mean, it was it was a complicated delivery and all that stuff. 
So uh, we decided, you know, maybe it was uh, it was a godsend and all that stuff. So we decided one 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 and done for us. It worked for us, and uh, you know, we're very satisfied. We're very happy. Uh, he's 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 my son. He's the best part of my life. Blah blah blah. You know all the good stuff. Uh, it's it's the best part of life. You learn that after you have a kid. Yeah, well said. Yeah, my oldest is 15, just right there too. So, and uh, uh, would you is he into any sports? Is he playing music? What's he into? Music, music, 24/7 music. You know, but I'll tell you this, man. I leave instruments all the way. He sings everywhere, everywhere around the, the house, everywhere. I leave strategically. I leave guitars, basses, every kind of instrument you can think of. To maybe I don't want to push him, right? You don't want to be that guy. <laughs> but I figured maybe just inspire him. I'm playing everywhere around stuff. He hasn't picked it up. And I think he sees me. And I try to, I say, come on, Brandon, I'll teach you whatever you want to know. My son's name's Brandon. So I said, whatever you want to know, dude, I'm in. He goes, no, I just want to sing. He goes, I think he sees me playing. I think he doesn't want to bother me. I'm like, dude, bother me. Bother me. Come on, let's do this. I'm here. But um, I'm, I, I see him staring at some, some basses and guitars sometimes. So I think eventually when I'm not around, it's time. He'll pick it up. He'll pick it up. Well, if you could, Frank, please, uh, just for the listeners here that don't know, if you could hit them with a little bit about your background and what you do. Sure. My name is Frank Bello. Uh, I'm the bass player of a band called Anthrax that we've been around. We just celebrated literally our 40th year anniversary. Um, very psyched about that. Haven't been on tour in a couple of years because of the obvious guys, um, but looking forward to that. Uh, currently writing a new record. Um, I put out this book, Shameless Plug, <laughs> Fathers, Brothers and Sons. It's mainly about I should probably show it a little longer. It's mainly, you can get this on Amazon, rarebirdlit.com. It's mainly about abandonment and being, uh, being the father I never had. I was abandoned when I was, uh, my, my family and I were abandoned. I was, the, uh, I was the oldest of a family of five. My brother was six months old. He was the youngest. So um, for some reason, my dad took off when I was uh, 10 years old, he just left us and no money, you know, poverty, welfare, all that stuff. Lost the house, went to go live with my grandmother, um, learned music from that house, living with my uh, my uncle, Charlie, who's the drummer of Anthrax, funny enough. Uh, and the story, the story in the book is my story about how family is everything and how strong women uh, took the ball. Uh, and, and, and ran with it after my dad took off. And so I'm pro girl and I, I'm all about family. I'm all, I'm all about strong dad. So when I see a strong dad, like you, you and I were just talking a little while ago, I'm a fan of big, of, of, of great dads that just want to be dad. I love that. There's nothing more important to me than that. So when I see a guy like you has four kids and is busting his hump, going out and doing a few jobs to live and, and make it work for their family and have a, a structure. I love that. That's so, I mean, I, I never really had that. So I, I, I want to be that. So I, I strive to be that with my son. And that's my story. Yeah, very well said, Frank. I'm going to jump more into the book in just a minute here. But I sure, just wanted sure. to touch on something you said there, because one of the things I harp on on this show is the fatherless crisis that we do have in our country. We got so many kids growing up without a father or a father figure in their life. And in my opinion, it's the number one social issue we got going on because it creates a devastating effect on us. And I always make the stipulation to say it doesn't take anything away from the single moms that are out there working miracles. Uh, because, you know, it, but it's not to say that the, the ideal situation is to have that two parent, that nuclear family to bring up their children. So well, what was it like for you to, to grow up without the father figure in your life and then become a father yourself? What was your perspective? How did it change kind of your perspective on life? 
Well, when that happened, figure I was 10 years old. You don't know anything when you're 10 years old, right? It just all of a sudden they're there and all of a sudden they're not there. So, you know, you're just there. I remember when we we just had nobody. It was my mom and my family around us, you know, and there was no money coming in. My mom was just a housewife. Remember, in those days, she she just took care of the house and, and the family. So she didn't know she didn't have a driver's license, no, you know, no job, no anything, no income at all. So there was no income. We had to go on welfare. They took the house, all that crazy stuff that you hear. It leaves hollowness. It leaves an emptiness. That's from that side of the, the fence. You feel that emptiness and it never you you never really feel it. You look for guidance. What you're doing when you're that person and you're abandoned, you say, how can I uh, I want to fill this this hurt? And I looked to father figures. I looked at my heroes and musicians became like father figures. It made me, it made me look for forward to something. It, it soothed me. It's say, oh, I want to do that. It, it made me aspire to be something bigger. And the one thing, and maybe that's why, Alec, maybe that's why I waited so long to have a kid. Um, I was afraid. I wanted to be the best dad I could because I would never, ever let that happen to my kid. It, it's just not even a thought. It's like how, because when you're on the other side, you know, you, you taste it, man. It's like, well, I don't want anybody. I don't want anybody in the world to ever feel that feeling. It's it's the worst. So I celebrate great fathers all the time. When I see when I see a guy hanging out with his kids and having fun and stuff, I'll go and say, dude, that's awesome. I just have to say it. Sometimes I just have to go up and say, dude, that's awesome. I love the way you guys are getting along. Just because I didn't have that and I admire it. I think it's awesome. Yeah, well said, Frank. And yeah, and, and one, it's one thing to have a father figure to compare yourself to, whether it's a good or a bad dad. If you had a bad dad growing up, you could say as a dad, hey, I'm not going to do what he did. If you had a good dad, you're going to try to emulate it and maximize on the positives. But to have no father dad in the home, it kind of leaves you with like uh, uh, throwing your hands up. Like, am I doing this right? Constantly questioning yourself. Is Always. that some type of experience that you've had? And, and how has the process been now? I know 15 years into this game. Uh, have you gotten better with that? Have you kind of gotten a handle on what's working, what's not working? It's a work in progress, as you know, being a dad. We, we are learning. I, I didn't have anything to, to go on. I mean, I had a great like uncle who was a father figure, but he wasn't my father. I, I watched him. He taught me the r- rules of the road. I used to work in the, in the deli in the Bronx with him. He showed me a lot of great things, fatherly stuff. Um, but, you know, I, I watch a lot of pe- fathers and, and, and see how they react and how they react to their kids and interactions and stuff. I try to learn. I'll learn something from you today, Alec. I think it's important to just bounce off of other, other dads. And if you don't have a mom, the same thing on that way, too. I think it's important just to, to well-round yourself. Just to, I want all the information because, you know, it's a, I think I'm a work, work in progress as a dad. I just try to do my best every day. But, uh, you know, I'll think things out. I'll ask advice, you know, to other dads. Uh, I think it's important. But, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think I'm the best, but I try to be. I definitely try to be. Yeah, and you, and you mentioned the deli in the Bronx there. My father was a used car salesman on Jerome Avenue in the Bronx for his entire <laughs> life. And, uh, you know, I know Jerome. Well, yeah, one of, one of the things, too, is like both of my parents passed away before I became a father myself. I'm so, sorry. It, it, and it's one of those things, too, where, you, you know, you look to pull on and to draw on certain things that work. But it, it, like, like I said, my father was a street hustle kind of guy. My mother was more of the uh, of a faith based person. So I kind of got both sides of that, that I can pick and choose what I want to pass down to my kids. But each right. one of them is completely different, especially when it comes to discipline. So well, what type of disciplinarian are you as a dad? And is that different than the discipline style you grew up with? Great question. Uh, I'm not a physical discipline guy. I don't touch. I would never do that. Um, I am a stare guy. I'll give them the stare. I think that works. You, know, you probably do this too, Alec. You give the stare when they know like you go over the line. 
like Brandon knows if I have a step like the serious one. Uh, OK, <laughs> you know, you hear the OK and he comes down, kind of comes down a step. I think that's important just to let them know. Again, this is something I didn't have just to let them know that somebody's watching them. They got to be accountable for their actions. I think that's important. Look, again, I'm not the king, but I am your dad and just I need respect. I'll give you respect if you give me respect. It's really about that. I want him to treat people well. If he wants to be treated well, he has to treat people well. That's the way it works. And uh, one, one hand washes the other, you know. Maybe that video game goes away if you're not react if you're not acting well. You know what I mean? Then maybe that, and that's the kind of disciplinarian kind of thing that stuff just all of a sudden gets shut off, and and that's it. You you know what? You didn't study for that test. You know what, Brandon? No video games tomorrow. You know that's just that's the way I work it. Other people work it other ways. I mean, it just has to it has to make sense. It has to be common sense. I just want him to use this common sense. It's important to me. Yeah. And it's different, too, as they get old. Like I said, my, my two older ones are four, uh, 15 and 14. And I think they start to figure out that you might not know what the hell you're doing as well. You know, and it's like I, I and I could be open with them and say, hey, listen, I've never had a 15 year old kid before. Yeah. I am kind of playing this off the cuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm shooting from the hip with most of this stuff. So work with me here. I'll work with you. And we try exactly. to find a common denominator, you know, so. Uh, that's totally. a point of it. And, and uh, let me just jump into the book here. Fathers, Brothers sure. and Sons, Surviving Anguish, Abandonment and Anthrax. A link to the book is in the description of today's podcast episode. Encourage Thank my you. listeners, get over there and pick up a copy. What was this writing process like for you, Frank, to have to? I mean, I know you, you have the tragic death of your brother, the abandonment mm-hmm. of your father is so much involved in your life, especially growing up. What was that process like for you to go back, relive it and try to get that emotional connection that you had to those moments in your life and get them accurately? portrayed in the book well uh, to be honest with you man well i wrote it in my basement uh via internet with my co-writer he's in england joel MacGyver. he's a great writer bestseller he's awesome um and he made it very easy for me so it was just really a, a great conversation we jot down notes all the all um, the pertinent parts of my life that we wanted to get out uh it was it was to be honest man it was really painful at times it was really painful to relive like you talked about the brother of my, my, my brother's death to relive that again, and just for the people who are watching that don't know the story, uh, unfortunately, March 25th, uh, 1996, my brother Anthony was murdered in the Bronx. Three gunshots. Um, the assailant got away. The alleged murderer. Um, it was terrible. Uh, to relive that, to get, uh, it, it was it was pretty ugly uh, to relive that and going through it. Like I remember when I had to go down to the murder scene uh, and seeing my brother under the sheet. The, the most it was the most horrible vision I've ever had. Uh, and all I could see was his new sneakers because they were still slipping out of the sheet. They were still the sheet didn't cover them. There were blood on them. There was brand new shoes. Those things stick in your head. Uh, that's all in the book. And and just the uh, the trials in the Bronx after that, we went to court because the, the alleged um, the alleged murderer, um, you know, they had a witness that saw it. And the witness one day just didn't appear anymore. It was a very ugly, ugly thing. Very Scorsese-like um, living and seeing there. Uh, it was what it was. And, and a lot of therapy after that one, man, because I had to really dive into some therapy to get over that one. And you, still, you don't get over it. You just kind of learn how to deal with it. But um, yeah. And then three weeks later, I was in Japan with anthrax going on tour because wow. if I didn't, and I was in no kit, I was in no way ready to do a tour, but my head it was out there. But if I didn't make that tour, a lot of people were going to lose a lot of money, our crew, the promoters. 
it would be a lot of money. I couldn't put people out of work. So all I asked them to do, the band, the crews, and everybody, I just asked them, just let me go to my room. And when it's showtime, I'll come out, let me play the show, and let me just go back and cry, because that's all I did. And um, it's it, that's all in the book. And it's tough. It, it's tough. So you put that in, and the writing of it, I had a big box of tissues. That that was a, that was the hardest, definitely the hardest chapter to write, my brother Anthony. Um, I had a big box of tissues and a, and a bottle of whiskey, because um, we took multiple breaks, and I just couldn't get through it, because I was crying so much, because kind of, you kind of envision it again you know you kind of see it right in front of you again and it it really fucks with your head it really does and it's like wow i thought i was over this and you're not over it you just learn how to deal with it you know then but again that's one story but there's a lot of great rock and roll stories so i did there's a the great reviews we've had and i'm very thankful for the great reviews we've had for this book there's a lot of um people that are saying this book has helped them with their loss so it's uh people that are dealing with loss in their life and i just tell my story of how I did it and how when you get knocked down, it's it's really the story of as you get down, you get knocked down in life, you got to get up and brush yourself off. And that's why I dedicated also to my son. It's like this is to show you, Brandon, you get knocked down. You got to get up, brush yourself off and move on with your life. It's really important. So a lot of people are getting that from this book. And I've had so many great comments and, and letters to me about it. And it's it feels really good when I hear when I read something like that. It's 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 connecting with people. It really means a lot to me as a father. Well, God bless you for writing it. And, and it's a beautiful testimony to the fact that you're putting that story out there. Like you said, for people that can uh, relate that have gone through some kind of tragedy, and they can say, hey, you, you're here to say, if I can do it, you can do it. And that's the inspiration that so many people need. And we need more stories like that to be out there. So uh, big props for you for writing it again. Uh, fathers, brothers, and sons surviving anguish, abandonment, and anthrax. The link to the book is in the description of today's podcast episode. Has your son read the book yet, uh, Frank, or is is there a certain point that you'd rather him wait till he reads the book? I, I asked him to wait to tell you the truth. I asked him. I, I want a couple of years on that one because he knows the story about my brother and stuff like that. He, he's a big fan of my band and all that stuff. And you know, but this this other stuff in there for my my growing up, the poverty days that were really sketchy. Uh, I kind of. I don't want to, I kind of don't want him to live through that yet. You know, um, I, I've touched on it, but I haven't really dug into it. The book digs into it and, and kind of the great, the great comments I've got from, from reviews is people are feeling like they're, they have me talking with them. My whole idea for the book was to have, have, have you, the reader feel like I was sitting at a bar with you and having a beer or a coffee and we're just talking. And thankfully, most people are getting that out of the book. They're feeling like I'm, I'm just hanging out with you. And that, that's the idea. Just matter of fact, there's no uh, big words and crazy stuff that I'm trying to over overthink it. It's just me talking to you as the reader. This is my life. It really is that. Awesome. And, and let me switch it over to your music career real quick. I know that the uh, the way that we consume music has drastically changed from when you first came on to the scene here. So yeah. um, what kind of advice do you have for the parent out there that does have a kid who is ambitious, that wants to do music, play guitar, play bass, be in a band, start a band? What kind of advice do you have for the parent out there that's got a kid that's hungry for this stuff? Here's what I say to every parent who has a kid or son, daughter, it doesn't matter, that has aspirations of being a musician. Let them do it. Here's why. Because when I was hollowed out when I was younger uh, and I felt I needed something, this angst in me and, and it was frustration just in life, not only about the abandonment, but when life gets tough and everybody has that in their life, your kids will have that. Unfortunately, it's just life. Give them that outlet. 
give them that outlet of music so they can go to that. I don't care if they put headphones on or if they try to strum a guitar, a bass, a drum, let them rock on a drum, a violin. I don't care what instrument it is. Give them the gift of that outlet because it is a gift. Because later on in life, when they're feeling like shit, whatever, life throws them a curveball, then they weren't expecting it. You know what? They can't always talk to mom and dad. They can go to their music and get it out. And it's really important that, that it really did it for me. It's still doing doing it to me this I'm a 56 year old man. It still does it for me, man. And I, I'm thankful. Music is a gift. Please give your, your child the gift of music. It's very important, especially in this day with this whole COVID thing that's going on now. There's a lot of frustration. Give them that outlet. They, they Let them blow off the steam, man. It's really important. Yeah, and God knows there's uh, way too many other outlets they could choose that would be uh, disastrous. So uh, exactly. I love what you say there. Yeah. And, and what would you consider to be, Frank, the top values that you hope to instill in your son as he grows up? Be a good person. Be a good person. First and foremost, work hard. Like you, you have a, I can tell you, have, Alec, you have a great work ethic from your dad. I get that. You see, you brought that from your dad. I want to do that with my son. It's so important to let him understand you get nothing without working hard. You got to put your nose in the grindstone and move on and, and make it happen for yourself. Because nobody in this life, nobody hands you anything. That's the truth. And I, that's mostly important because be a good person and work hard. Two main important things, you know, and that's it. It really is that. Yeah, really great stuff, Frank. And I know we got the book out now. What kind of other plans or goals or projects are you working on here? What can we expect to see from you in the future? Well, yeah, I mean, there's an anthrax record being written, hopefully later this year, I'll be coming out with it. Hopefully we can go on tour because the obvious, you know, we don't know what kind of strains coming out next and taking down music again. Hopefully um, we're all hoping for the best for that. I have solo stuff that I'm doing and I might uh, be putting it out around the paperback uh, release to this. So a lot of good stuff happening in the future, but you know, everybody just keep a positive attitude and things will work out. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Last thing I want to hit you with here, Frank, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening? I love this. I have my neighbor just had a kid and he's about to have another one. So it's, it's awesome. There's a lot of neighbors having kids around me. I, I, I tell them first off day by day, everything is day by day and it's not going to come all at once just get ready it's a ride it's a ride look my wife had surgery right after brandon was born she had to go right in for another surgery it was it was really scary stuff right so i was mr mom too so when i came home it was all on my hands because my, my wife was bedridden for a while so she couldn't do any of the, the mom things you know um if again i'll say it just like in the book if i can do it you can do it. Just take it day by day. You can't do everything at once. Let it be. Let it be. Have your family. Family is so important. Ask them for every any kind of advice they can give you. My family are awesome. I love them because I call them at every little whim uh, when, when Brandon was a baby. And it really helped. It went a long way. And it calmed me down. So don't get stressed because the baby's going to feel that. Don't get stressed because you got to be the parent now. It's important. So just take it day by day. Everything's going to work out. Remember that. Yeah, well said. I love the message. This has been an honor for me. I got to say, Frank Bellow, you're a first-class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here at First Class Fatherhood. Thank you so much, Alex. Continue success, brother. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Frank Bello for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. 
Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Don't forget, uh, you can grab Frank Bellow's book. The link is in today's show notes. Uh, and if you're going to go see a concert this, this summer or you're going to go see a, a Broadway show or you're going to see a baseball game, whatever it may be, you're going to take the family, save $20 on your tickets. Today's episode was brought to you by SeatGeek. Get over to SeatGeek.com and at the checkout, use the promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS, and you are going to save $20 on your tickets. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Thank you.